are listening to the Daily Roundup here as part of the Reality Steve podcast. I am your host, Reality Steve. Thank you all for tuning in on this Tuesday morning. We're going to talk about the men tell all last night. Kind of a snooze fest. Really not a lot of drama whatsoever. Uh, And we're also going to talk a little bit more about uh, 90210. Because I'm... I'm going down the rabbit hole again, and we'll get to that momentarily. This podcast is brought to you by Green Chef. Green Chef makes eating well easy with plans to fit every lifestyle. Go to greenchef.com slash realitysteve50 and use promo code realitysteve50 for 50% off plus free shipping. That's greenchef.com slash realitysteve50. Use promo code realitysteve50 to get 50% off plus free shipping. Green Chef the number one meal kit for eating well. It's also brought to you by Whey. Whether you're fine, medium, or thick, Whey is just your type. No matter what your hair needs, volume, shine, or hydration, their shampoos and conditioners are made to give your strands exactly what they need, helping you with multiple hair concerns to get you on your way to good hair days every single day. Go to T-H-E-O-U-A-I.com and use code... Reality Steve for 15% off your entire purchase. That's theway.com. T H E O U A I.com. Promo code Reality Steve for 15% off your entire purchase. All right, let's get going. Talking about last night's Men Tell All. You know, they sat there up on stage last night. And you also got to remember. This season, as all Bachelorette seasons, films from March to the end of April, sometimes beginning of May. Charities was a little bit shorter, so it ended filming at the ending of April. So you're sitting there watching, and all these guys, this Mentel All, was filmed on March, excuse me, July 27th. So all of these guys are minimum almost three months removed from being on this show. I don't really think a lot of them really are bothered by anything Braden did. And once again, after watching the episode last night and them re-showing the clips when Braden went up on the hot seat, it's still amazing to me, truly amazing to me, how these guys had it out for Braden. And the fact that Braden was the one that admitted this process isn't for me, I'm leaving and then showing him going back in again. Yes, maybe he interrupted John's conversation, but John was going home anyway. Braden never spoke to any of the guys when he went back in to talk to Charity again in Washington. Just went right in there, told her he was sorry, told her he was on his and then walked right past everybody. They were the ones who approached him. Like, I'm talking about if you want to consider him a villain for this season because he was the least liked person in the house, that's fine. But we always talk about levels of villainy on this show. He is so low on the level of villainy, it's not even funny. He did nothing wrong this season. Talking about the guys and his relationship with Charity to some of the guys, I mean, they asked how the date went. I'm sure it was after the San Diego date. He said, yeah, it went great, you know. I I, I just, I, I'm, I'm totally missing the boat here on why he's so hated. He didn't do anything wrong. And if he did, please tell me what he did wrong. Like, completely wrong to where he would be considered villain status. You know? 
He, you know, a lot of people go on this show and they're just like, oh my God, he wasn't there to get married. He was never there to get engaged. Brandon admitted once he was there, shit, I'm not ready to be engaged. This isn't for me. And eliminated himself. Isn't that what you want from somebody who isn't there to get married and isn't there to propose at the end? I, I, I would think so, considering a lot of you cheer for the engagement at the end. So don't you want to get rid of people? who aren't willing to do that. She didn't even have to do it for him. He did it himself. So, yeah, that was comical. That was like the whole first segment. Let's just have Sean and Braden go at it. They said stuff back and forth to each other, and for the life of me, I don't think anything was ever resolved. I, Sean's never going to see it Braden's way, and ba- Braden's really never going to see it Sean's way, and I didn't really understand either side, to be honest with you. I I mean, I, I guess I understood Braden's more than Sean's. Like... It just, I don't know. I just, it was so hard to understand. The second segment was totally bizarre. As I tweeted out, you know your show is struggling for drama when they literally spent an entire second segment talking about a guy who left night one and the drama happened off air on social media that none of the public even knew about until last night watching the show. We're not invested. We don't care. Unfortunately, there is a pecking order when it comes to this show. Peter, this guy that was eliminated the first night, I had totally forgotten about him. Is it shitty that the guys were tweeting out things and signing it FP for fuck Peter because they didn't like the way he acted the first night? Yeah, it's petty and it's childish. Xavier was the only one man enough to step up and say, yeah, you know what? Shouldn't have done that. That's my bad. Why did anyone else say that? Why do they all continue to go in on this guy? And if he was talking about, oh, I'm going to you know, make T-shirts and, oh, I'm going to monetize this. Dude, you're all going to try and monetize in some way. So stop it. I-, I can't believe they were that petty over a guy who went home night one. I mean, come on, guys. That, that was nothing. 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 <laughs> But they made it seem like, oh, my God, this was a major deal in the house or whatnot. I I had no clue who pilot. That was the pilot guy, right? When they were going across at the beginning of the show, by the way, none of the guys gave two-handed waves. None. Which, if you look at Bachelor Data's Instagram post from yesterday that I reposted on my Instagram stories, guys doing two-handed waves don't really happen very often. Doesn't happen very often. Definitely doesn't happen every season. There are some seasons where it never happened during the tell-all, and you'll never go a full women tell-all without getting at least one woman to give you the whole two-handed wave. But I digress. When they were just going across the top row and telling the guys to introduce themselves, I was like, Peter who? I didn't remember him from the first night until they started talking about it. And they said, oh, okay. But he didn't say anything on the first night. Everything So everything they were talking about was either not shown on TV or it happened post-show, right? Why did they spend more than four seconds on this guy? What a waste. I mean, and after that, there was no drama the rest of the night. Unless you consider Xavier and Charity drama. But we'll get to them in a second. Let's talk about Xavier. I mean, let's talk about Braden up on the stage. Again, I don't really see what he did wrong. 
We already had the first segment of Braden explaining himself to Sean. I don't know why he had to go on the hot seat again to explain himself because he basically said the same stuff. I will say this, though. I, this is the first season that I can remember of a tell-all where only two people got called up to the hot seat. Again, kind of shows you they didn't really have much. Now, maybe because of the way the format went of the show, maybe other guys did get called up to the hot seat. Maybe Sean got a hot seat. Maybe Tanner got a hot seat. I don't know. But they only showed two, Braden and Xavier. And they usually don't bring the lead out until like the last half hour of the show. They brought Charity out before the first hour was even over, like right after the Xavier segment. And then they had, then they just did some time killers. But Braden up on stage on the hot seat didn't clarify anything. Uh, it, he didn't need to uh, pretty much know what his stance was. Like, wasn't ready to get mad. Wasn't ready to get engaged. So I eliminated myself. Now, let's go to the um, Xavier on the hot seat, and and also in accordance with Xavier sitting next to Charity. I think everything you know. When it comes to people's opinions of this show, once again, everything's got to be so black and white. Either you love somebody or you hate somebody. And there's really never any gray area. When in reality, most of the stuff is gray area. Like when you saw Xavier sitting up there last night talking about how he made a mistake, talking about how he should have voiced himself a lot differently to charity. And obviously, I'm not excusing his infidelity with his ex-girlfriend, but when you saw him sitting up there on the chair last night, did you honestly think this guy's a jerk? What a bad guy. What an asshole. No, I didn't see that whatsoever. I saw a guy that got caught up in a lot of shit on the show, didn't know how to say certain things a certain way, and, you know, was eliminated when he was. And I understand that Charity, and I totally understood what Charity was saying to him last night. Like, look, we're sitting there a week away from engagements, I'm at dinner with you asking if you can't cheat on me and you were hemming and hawing about it. So, yes, I totally understand Charity's side of it. I'm just taking the Xavier side because I know he's taking a lot of shit from the public, and I just don't see it. I saw a guy up there that was really struggling and a guy that admitted he's gotten therapy post-show. And, you know, could it all be words? Of course. Anybody, you could say that about anybody. But I tend to believe that this guy is actually doing the work to try and make himself better and get to a position where he can be in a relationship and you know this is out there and he has to fight through it and not give an answer like he did to charity but the people that crucify him for oh my god what a dog like really so so in your mind it's once a cheater always a cheater um i think a lot of the cases that's true but i also think it's a case-by-case basis I see a guy like that sitting up there on stage, and I tend to believe him when he says, I've gotten the help, seeing a therapist, I needed to understand some of the things that are going on in my life. So I didn't, you know, walked off, got her a, you know, and knitted her a rose. You know, it's like, okay, like, again, if people don't like him, they're going to make they're going to make an excuse as to why he did that. Oh, he just wanted to look good for TV. It's like, okay, but then I can take who you like and say, oh, he's just doing that for TV, you know? So if you already have a bias going in about what you thought of Xavier, you're going to think, oh, he just said what he needed to say on TV last night to make himself look better. And I just don't think it goes that way. I really don't. You know, I'm I tend to believe the guy when he says he has work to do and he's seeing a therapist. So I guess I would just say, like, let's 
stop crucifying people for something they did in a relationship that didn't even affect you in any way. You know, if you have a problem with Xavier not telling her earlier, I, I guess you can. You're allowed to have a problem with him however you want. I just didn't. I don't think you bring that up on a first date in Washington, and I don't think you bring that up on a hometown date. He was at the point where it's okay. You know what? It's getting real now. I'm going to tell her. I'm going to tell her about my infidelity. It's just he didn't handle it well after that. But it's not like he was insulting Charity or getting mad at Charity because Charity didn't understand what he was saying. He took it in stride and was just like, okay. Like, he didn't put up a fight when she sent him home. This wasn't... Luke Pell being sent home by Hannah Brown 17 times and he wouldn't take no for an answer. It wasn't anything close to that. So, yeah, I think just people need to be a little more open-minded when it comes to some of these things. And guy made a mistake in a past relationship and it really blew up in his face on the overnight date with Charity, but I didn't think it was malicious whatsoever. Then you had a segment before the bloopers that was showing us stuff that happened on the Barbie group date and the dodgeball group date, which wasn't remotely funny whatsoever. Just an absolute time suck. And then, as I mentioned in the podcast yesterday, you'll see in my column uh, today, same thing. I mean, look, I have no problem with them trotting out alumni to come on the show, but and you know to give advice and support charity i have no i have no doubt that trista and des and diana are cheering and rooting for charity it's just a weird threesome to bring out when they are people that literally probably didn't meet charity or spoke to her in their life until that day probably until they walked out <laughs> she had never charity had never spoken to any of those three women and it just seemed like another time suck of a of a segment where hey Bachelor in Paradise is coming up this summer. Yes, we got a clip of Bachelor in Paradise, but it was just to promote that Braden is going to be down there and he's making out with Cat Izzo, which we know ultimately ends up not happening down in the long term because Cat Izzo is engaged to John Henry, who was up on stage. I was hoping they would show his reaction after showing Cat and Braden making out, but they didn't. Cat posted on her Instagram story last night with a bottle of wine in her mouth saying goodnight. So that was probably right around the time they were showing her making out with Braden. Anyway, the three alumni, like I said, I have no problem with them championing for charity. I think that's great. I just think the three of them, all three women, season one, season four, and season nine's Bachelorette, just seems a little odd because we're in season fucking 20 right now. You know? This seems like, why? You could have brought out um, Katie, Michelle, and... um, Emily Maynard and done the same exact segment. You know, it just, it, I'm just so confused <laughs> on that segment. I really am. But it just seemed like a time suck. That's all it was. And then you have, after that, it was what? Go, uh, bloopers, which seem to be getting worse every year. I don't know why, but they are. And then they brought out Gary the Golden Bachelor. That I totally understand. Um, I think the the, si- the signs in the audience um, are stupid because they're made by production. People don't bring those signs. They're given to them by production for them to hold up during the show. So silly. But, you know, to hear Gary's story, um, to hear him tell it, best part for me was the fact that it made Nick Vial look even stupider uh, for what he said on his podcast a couple weeks ago. I mean, 
I, again, I hope I hope he brings it up again. I hope Nick brings it up again. Probably won't. But and you know, it says like, wow, after watching Gary last night, boy, we really shouldn't have run with that story, and we l- really look bad doing that. But he never will. I I think though. You know, they're going to promote the hell out of this. You know, it's very hyperbole, like, oh, my God, Gary, you were trending on Twitter. It's like, look, Gary wasn't a stand-up comedian up there, but they certainly made him seem like he was. You know, everybody just over laughing at every word out of his mouth. It was like, okay, guys, let's let's tap the brakes a little bit here. He's not that funny. (laughs) He's just, you know, I but this is what you expect. I mean, and when this season is done filming and when we start seeing – trailers for the golden bachelor and when jesse palmer starts doing preseason interviews on the golden bachelor they are going to tell you this is going to be the greatest thing you've ever seen i guarantee it like it's going to be oh my gosh you guys have no idea what to what's in store this season it is so good it's like again what do you expect them to say do you want the do you want the host of the show to come out and say you know first season of golden bachelor it was rough you know you're just gonna have to watch and see but it wasn't it wasn't great like Of course, they're going to sit there and just blow smoke over everybody's ass and tell all of them how great it is. And we'll see. Maybe it is going to be great. Um, Maybe it's going to be terrible. Maybe it'll be right in the middle. My guess is it's more right in the middle because we know what the formula is of this show. It's going to be the same show, just a different age bracket. So the stories that the women will have will be way different than a 25-year-old's life story. Um there is a more sentimental and emotional tie to the show because of Gary's background and the fact that he was married to his wife for 43 years and she died six years ago. That is what they need to harp on as producers of this show. But I have a feeling we're still going to get drama in the house between women who don't like each other. So we have to look that to look forward to. They haven't given us a start date yet, but as we've gone over a hundred times now on this podcast, Monday night football is on ABC September 18th and September 25th. So back-to-back weeks, season weeks two and three of the NFL season. The ABC game on September 18th is the Browns at the Steelers, and the ABC game on September 25th is the Eagles at Buccaneers. So I don't think the Golden Bachelor is going to start on September 11th and then take two weeks off and return the week of October 2nd. My guess is Golden Bachelor is going to start on October 2nd, and that's where – it, that makes the most sense. It just doesn't make sense to start it before the two-week break they're going to need to take on the 18th and the 25th. And finally, I told you about the Instagram account, BH90210 Restored, that gives us one clip a day, usually somewhere between two and five minutes, in chronological order of a season. They're currently on season five, episode 19. But because I'm so into the clips and season five is my second favorite season behind season six, season six is number one for me. Season five is number two. Season seven is number three. But five and seven could be tied for two. I just like college years way better than high school years. But since I'm watching these clips, I'm like, this is killing me. I can't get two minutes a day of of Beverly Hills 90210. So, of course, I go on Paramount Plus and I'm starting to rewatch two episodes a night after I'm done recording my podcasts. I start them about 1130. I get two episodes in, finish right around 1 a.m. Um, and I'm watching two episodes a night starting on season five. So I've watched the first four episodes. The other reason I'm doing it is also because Tori and Jenny's podcast, 90210 OMG, is currently covering season five. 
Every Monday is when they come out with a new episode. Episode three was supposed to come out yesterday, and it has not come out. So I don't know what they're doing, but um, hmm, I don't know. But episode three of season five of Beverly Hills 90210 is the first episode where Valerie and Dylan start having sex. And, you know, this is 1990. This would have been 94. I believe when this when this air actually that would have been 90. Yeah, it would have been September of 94, I think, when this episode aired. And um, it was pretty descriptive. I mean, you had you had two people. You had Dylan shirtless in bed, Valerie topless, but she had a cover over her. She had one of the sheets over her. But they had just she had just literally rolled over from them having sex. And she's all like wet. Obviously, they sprayed her down with water and whatever, but it make it seem like she was sweating. And Dylan literally says to her, where did you learn those tricks? You know, talking about how good she is in bed. I mean, this is why Tiffany Amber Thiessen being added to the show at the time that she did, I think changed the whole show. Because before then, yes, they dealt with teen issues back when they were in high school and even the freshman year of college, but it became more of an adult show once Tiffany Amber Thiessen joined. And I'm telling you, just watching this back, she is a star on this show. And not because of the sex scene. And not because of just how, I mean, yes, she was she was an apple in a lot of guys' eyes back in the early 90s when she was on this show. I mean, we, I think that was kind of the appeal of all this and the, and the craziness of all of it is because back then there was no social media. So I don't even remember if it was known until maybe the week before the episode aired that, oh, yeah, Tiffany Amber Thiessen, Kelly Kapowski from Saved by the Bell is now going to be on 90210. I can't remember how early on we as the public knew it was happening, but we still only knew her as Kelly Kapowski. She was like America's little sweetheart. So to see her at the end of the very first episode, season five, episode one, smoking and rolling a joint in Brenda's room out the window, (laughs) that was a big deal. Two episodes later, she's having sex with Dylan McKay, the most popular high schooler on TV in the 90s outside of Brandon Walsh. Like, this was a big deal. And watching it now, it's just like, wow, I cannot believe. I'm trying to put myself back into that place in the 90s and just being like, this is mind-blowing that this is Kelly Kapowski because she had an image. Just like some people are typecast after they get a certain role and they can't get out of that role, I think everybody saw Tiffany Amber Thiessen as Kelly Kapowski, the goody two-shoes from Saved by the Bell. And then within three episodes, she's sweating in bed after a sex session with Dylan McKay. So I'm through four episodes. Josh Richland just got trucked by a cement truck. He died at the end of episode three. Spoiler alert. Uh, episode four was Brandon having a hard time recovering from that, and uh, last night I didn't got watch. I didn't watch an episode because I play poker with the boys on Monday nights. So back at it again tonight. I I, I, I probably not going to update you every single day from of the two episodes that I watched the night before, but if there's something major that happens that refreshes my memory, I, I will. Um, I believe episode five is when we get Ray Pruitt uh, joining the show. And that's like one of my favorite storylines of all time. If you're really interested in the history of 90210, check out my uh, podcast that I did with executive producer Larry Mullen back in 
2017, 2018, something like that. Maybe it was 2019. I don't remember what year it was. But we talked about all this stuff, and uh, he was great. But, man, I just I can't. You just can't go wrong with 90210. I absolutely love it. Uh, I'm I'm diving in again. I'll finish season five probably within two weeks, and then right on to season six, which is easily my favorite season of all time. So, anyway, thank you all for listening. I really appreciate it. Please follow me on Apple Podcasts. Rate and review if you can. The Sports Daily is going to be up an hour from now. My column recapping last night's episode with a few notes and Bachelor Nation is going to be up in two hours on realitysteve.com, so go check that out. Thanks again to all of you who support and listen to this podcast. I really appreciate it. And I will talk to you tomorrow. See you!